today by Dr. Larry Riley, Professor of Biology in the Fresno State College of Science and Mathematics. Um, Jason McGinsey, an instructional designer here in the Fresno State Office of Ideas, joined by my colleague William Hardaway, another instructional designer here on the Ideas team. Um, so we're going to talk to Dr. Riley today about his experience in the program Equity-Minded Pedagogy, that William was the, the, the mind behind that here at Fresno State. Uh, so before we get into talking about equity-minded pedagogy or EMP, um, can you share a little bit about the classes and the students that you teach? As Jason mentioned, I'm a professor in biology, and I teach primarily seniors. Um, I teach a comparative animal physiology course, and these are typically last semester um, seniors, and it also includes a laboratory section as, as, as well. As we get into talking about equity-minded pedagogy, William, for anyone who's listening or watching who may be unfamiliar, can you give them the like elevator pitch, what that program is? It's supposed to help uh, faculty approach the classroom in a different way. So in terms of inclusion and equity in the classroom, a lot of times if we just go from our RPOV as an individual, we're oftentimes leaving groups out, even though we might think we're approaching it objectively as a professor or something like that. And so uh, the community of practices is geared to give people multiple perspectives and tools to be able to uh, foster more inclusion and equity in the classroom. So, Dr. Riley, what was it that made you sign up for this program? And then what was the learning experience like? So this I was in the last cohort to so last semester and I had wanted to do it uh, the year prior, I believe, or the year even before that when it was just held uh, just for Fresno State. Um, so this one was, I think, six or seven other CSU campuses. Um, and what I guess the reason why I signed up is some of my own personal growth I was doing, um, and also I'm the pre-medical advisor, and just noticing um, when I was advising them how disconnected I was to you know their experiences, you know, their culture, you know, things they they experience are very different than what I've experienced. And then I started thinking, well, I can do better in the classroom, but I don't know how. Um, so I actually have talked with a couple of our colleagues who are like our science educators and, you know, using um, evidence-based teaching. They gave me some, some pointers and some ideas, um, but it was like, I, I, I know I, I can do better. Um, I just don't know how. And so, yeah, I signed up for this course um, was pretty much that particular reason because I started to recognize and pay attention to some of the examples I was using in class. They're examples I'm familiar with. Um, that doesn't mean everyone in the class is, is familiar with the examples I'm giving. So it's like, okay, how can I, how can I bridge that gap? Um, how can I maybe get more kind of student buy-in, student engagement? Um, and I just, and personally, it's just, I want to be able to understand um, outside, you know, outside of the classroom, also want to be able to, how do I relate, how, how can I be more empathetic to other, other cultures, other, um, you know, other people's, you know, their, what they've experienced that are much different than mine. So, I, you know, it's kind of a beyond even the classroom experience as well. So taking all of that in, um what did you take away that you may have tried to implement or um, was there something you did as you were going through that uh, you tried to do with students? And then how has that gone? Well, the, the initial takeaway was 
man, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of things, a lot of things to change, but then realize, you know, if I can just change one thing a semester, that's all I need to do, just little things. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the course, I have to admit, I was a little bit like, where is this going? Um, because it started with data. And I'm like, that's not what I had thought this course was going to be. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fight it. Let's just go with it. And then I kind of saw the, the, the reasoning behind understanding the data um, to help, you know, influence um, kind of the decisions I can make in, in, in the classroom. Can you talk about the data that you were looking at? Oh, God. <laughs> or, or just generally? Or just OIE generally. data. Um, okay. And I'm still trying to understand the whole OIE data that there is. But for me, I really focused on um, the number of Black students in, in College of Science and Math, um, because I, that's work that I am currently doing. Um, so I really wanted to see, you know, what is kind of like the, the four-year graduation rate, the six-year graduation rate, what is the retainment um, in not... I don't know how many students have maybe not completed, but you know may have started off as a STEM student in College of Science and Math, but they're not graduating. Um, and I need to look further into that, but that's kind of where I kind of started my, my investigation or with the data. But then seeing how things progressed, the one that really stood out to me of um, the activities was our, our syllabus. Um, how can I make my syllabus clear for the students to understand what each activity or assessment that I'm doing, why it is important. Um, and so some of the changes, and I actually met with William earlier today, and one change that I had anticipated to do because I changed my syllabus, but I forgot to use that particular syllabus at the beginning of this semester. Um, it had um, the importance of, of student and office hours. You know, so I explained what's the value of those. And, you know, I may post it on Canvas just so they have that information. Um, and then one thing I did do at the beginning of the class was, okay, you know, I come in and I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to assess you. You're going to have this many tests, this often, this much homework, this much this, this much that. And I'm like, eh, you know, they're seniors. Let's have a little fun with this. So I'm like, so the first day of class was like, okay, how do you want to be assessed? And so they got in groups and I said, you know, I have final say, there's a couple of things I want to include, but I like to see um, how would you like to be assessed and what percentage of your grade will each of those different assessments account for? And surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, but it was for me initially was, it really wasn't that far off from what I normally do. You know, they wanted to have um, like a midterm, I call them mini midterms every other week. They like having that versus only one student said, I just want a midterm at a final. Um, but everyone else was every other week. They did not want homework. Um, and I'm okay with that because I'm not a big fan of homework either. Um, they wanted participation. And I'm like, okay, how do I grade participation? And because I put it, I wanted to put it on them instead of just, oh, yeah, we show up, you give us points. But they were like, you know, let's do like Kahoot or the Socrative questions. Um, and I said, OK, so that will be, you know, part half of the participation points. And the other half, I just came up with some weird idea of um, I call it Monday morning madness. And it's really not that 
mad, but it's just Monday, um, is I give the group, uh, I give the entire class a, a, a question based upon material we learned this past week. One person takes the lead, and then on Monday morning, they just come and they explain that process because it's a physiology course. So it's usually all about some sort of process mechanism. And so they explain it to the group. And then the group, you know, they already knew the questions. They can fill in the blanks. They can correct it. And then afterwards, I open it up for questions. This week, no one had any questions, but the week before um, they did. So I, you know, we, we go through it um, at the beginning of class. And I think that's been helpful. Um, the other thing that I've done is um, on the syllabus, and this is something we've talked in our department, is, you know, what skills are we teaching our students? And so I put, have in there, you know, if they apply for a job, here are some key words they can put on their application that this, the skills that they're learning in this class. Um, because I, I do know, you know, you know, AI, they look for specific words, whether they're going to move your application to the next round or not. And so hopefully the students will, will pay attention to that. So that, that was really the big one was the syllabus, which then as I'm talking about it, it has really kind of directed, you know, my, my, my teaching. And, and there's th other additional things I want to change in, in the coming years. Um, but that's what I've done so far this semester. Larry, before, so before you, you went through the experience and you thought about like making change, did you think about it? And, and you might've alluded to this a little bit earlier too. Did you think about it? Like, is this massive impossible thing? Or did you think about, well, maybe if I just change this, one little thing and you know so i think probably four about four years ago yes i thought i had to change my entire course because that's when i met with our science you know our biology science educators and i felt overwhelmed i'm like this is i'm never going to do it it's just it's too much and then they're like just change one thing I'm like, oh makes sense <laughs> and so then what i did is i implemented um a couple of video projects um, so they didn't want to do typical PowerPoint. They do enough of that in science. You know, they do enough of that sort of poster presentations. I wanted to see a little bit of their creativeness. So they have to create a three to five, uh, no, five to 10 minute video on a topic. And it can be anything they want. And most of them do like a newscast. Um, so someone's the, the, you know, the, the, the news person behind the desk, and then they have a roving reporter. Um, and then someone they ask, and I have learned um, quite a bit of information that way uh, myself, things that I may not have known. And I can see that the students have put the effort into it. So it's like, okay, they, you know, they're taking ownership of their own learning and they're learning things, you know, this particular way. Um, and plus, I just want to see some creativeness and I, and some of them have, have made some funny videos, which of course I always enjoy laughing. Um, and some are a little bit more serious, but I mean, those are just as good. So I want to try to figure out how to do a little bit more of that. When you gave the students the opportunity to uh, design or, or to lay out sort of the, how they would be assessed, how did they respond to being given that opportunity? Were they, were they apprehensive that you were telling them the truth and that you were going to like as long as, or that you had something in mind and as long as they gave you what you wanted, you'd be happy? Or how much latitude did you feel like you were comfortable giving the students to come up with those ideas? Um, they were initially like, what? 
And I'm like, yes, I, I want you to decide how you want to be assessed in this course. And at that point, I think I felt, you know, I'll give them about 60 to 70% latitude. Um, but then as we were writing stuff on the board, I was like, they pretty much have 90% of latitude. I mean, there was just, a, it was the video projects I wanted to keep in. Um, I was okay getting rid of the, the homework questions because I only did three or four during the semester. Um, and yeah, so it, it turned out that they really had, much, and they believed because I wrote it out. And then I even, before I posted the official syllabus, I said, this is what, um, you know, we came up with as a class, do you have any feedback? And no one had any feedback. So I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, and, and so the, the interesting thing that you said when you initially told the story is that like, it wasn't too far off in terms of alignment with what y'all were going to do anyway. Um, and 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 I think like for, for the listeners, they might hear that and be like, oh, if I do that one time, then I can predict that it's going to be the same. But really it's dependent on that particular group. And what's interesting is the power in doing that is not like um, that they come up with some perfect formula of assignments and everything like that, but they have buy-in to like, oh, we've, engaged in creating this laying this out and we considered all of our challenges and how you know we might mitigate some of those through this and they have more confidence in you know pursuing those uh assessments because yeah, one thing with it is the the percentage of the course that's on their kind of mini midterms is about 10 percent less than i had done in the past and some of the other things carry a little bit more weight. Um, I'm like, all right, let's just try it. I mean, these to me, it's a senior level class. And so I feel like I have a little bit more latitude than some of our introductory courses um, to try some things. And so I'm like, all right, we'll just see what happens. So, so you mentioned that you had some other future plans that you may be interested in, you know, the, adding one more thing uh, to experimenting yeah. with that. So yeah, what do you have in I, mind? Yeah, one thing I really struggle with is still getting the students in, engaged in discussions during the class period. Um, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to let them be, be uncomfortable with not knowing and having to look things up. Um, but I also find what's interesting is when I ask a question, I have to say, well, ask Google. I mean, it's amazing how they don't go right to the internet. And I mean, that's what I do. I mean, even a question, a lot of the questions I ask, I don't know the answer to. And so I'm Googling it too. You know, I want to know. And so it's having them, how do I create kind of that environment um, where they're a little bit more comfortable? um in, in having that and you know there's i have a class of 36 and there's like three students that are fairly comfortable but it's getting the others um i think one thing i'm going to try something i've done in the past is um i've made little little and they're little animals i found online and I, I cut them out and i glued them to popsicle sticks and each group will be an animal and so i have six tables in the room is instead of like one of the Monday morning things, instead of having them um, 
discuss it within their tables is I'll ask a question. And it'll be like a competition in a sense. And so instead of hitting a buzzer, they got to raise their animal up. Um, and in the past, I made them actually have to make the sound of the animal, which is which is a lot of fun when it's a crocodile or a giraffe, because they're like, well, what sound does it make? And I don't know, you know, make it up. Um, and that seems to get them. And I bring in a treasure box and, you know, whoever, whatever table gets it right and have what I'll do is have each person, you know, in that group will have to be a leader that day. You know, so everyone has the opportunity you know, to raise it. And, you know, if they get it wrong, they can throw the rest of their table under the bus and say, well, they told me it was the answer. So um, just trying to find ways to help alleviate that anxiety of being wrong and talking in class and being wrong. And there's been a lot of research, especially recently, about bringing play into the classroom and, and lowering some of that anxiety. So that's great. Um, my last question, and William, you may have one more at the end here, but if there's another faculty member out there who is where you were when you said, I can do better in the classroom, but I don't know how, what advice would you have for that faculty member? Um, it's kind of, I think what we expect our students to do is we'll take a chance, you know, try something new. I mean, we, 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 you know, as a parent, right, we kind of want our students to do things, get out of your comfort zone. And I think as faculty, we get a little bit too comfortable um is you know get out of your comfort zone try something you know it's not a whole lot of time uh, it does take some time out of your normal day but it's not a whole lot um and at the end of the day you may not like it at all and that's perfectly fine too or you may find one or two things that that can change and that's what i found through that this this program that i did is there are a couple things that i know i'm able to do you know, now. And there's some things that I'm not able to do right now. And and maybe at some point I will be able to. To to that point, I guess my last question is um because I, I have colleagues that that also get in that mode where they want to change something, but they're just kind of stuck. And uh so I'm wondering when when you initially looked at the data, because I I remember like way back when I started first interacting with OIE, I would always hear things like, oh, the the Southeast Asian graduation rates are pretty bad or black student graduation rates are bad. We got to get them higher, blah, blah, blah. And that it felt different when I actually looked at the data and saw like through semester after semester after semester what that was going up and down, up and down, up and down. So uh, was that. A, a moment for you where you had a different reaction actually seeing it and did you hear rumors like that before or were you aware already um i was already aware at least with, with our black students because i had already started kind of looking at some oid oie data before then what really opened my eyes or what, what what kind of jumped out of me was how much better our transfer students do in graduating than our first-time freshmen do in graduating and that I was like, huh, okay. So, I mean, that I don't know what that means, what I can do with that, but it was just something that um, really kind of stood out to me. Dr. Larry Riley, thank you so much for talking mm -hmm. with us today. Good luck as your continued experimentation and growth uh, in the classroom. All right, well, thank you very much. All right, thank you. To learn more, visit our website, academics.fresnostate.edu slash ideas, or contact us to share your story, ideas at mail.fresnostate.edu.